This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Nathan Baird. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold Podcast. Uh, We'll get to why we just did that in a second. But hey, thanks for joining us. We're glad that you're choosing a sliver out of your your week to uh, just behold the glory of Christ alongside us, your friends, Sean and Dan, and the one and the only father of eight, but friend to many. Mr. Nathan Baird. That's true. If you were going to say the one and only Nathan Baird, I'm, I think I found another Nathan Baird online somewhere. Did you really? But yeah, I don't know if he has eight children. We're just going to gloss over that. <laughs> no, what's, uh, what, what, did you stalk him a little bit? What's his, what's uh, his vibe? I, I can't remember, but he looks like successful, a nice guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's blonde. Also, it, it, it just struck me now that father of eight rhymes with Nate. Nate and great also. Whoa. It's so. a nice round number. Yeah. Eight is one of my favorite numbers. Uh, really? I was born in the eighth month on the eighth day. Ooh. My social security number has a lot of eights <laughs> in it. I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. You heard it here, folks. Lots of eights. <laughs> We're going to start so punching you, random you numbers. Start, yes, yeah. Wow. You, you must be uh, Chinese a little bit in, is that your, a lucky, in your spirit. Is that a lucky eight number in the Chinese is. culture? It is. Explain. Do you know? Uh, yeah, the number eight the, in Chinese, it's it's really similar to the word for like prosperity kind huh. of thing. Huh. So to the point where people will try to like pick phone numbers with lots of eights in them. And That's if funny. your social security has a lot of eights, then you're lucky because you can't really change that <laughs> very easily. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it's, I don't really believe in luck. I'm not, I'm not superstitious. I'm just like kind of stitious. <laughs> So, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down and trade up on that issue with you. Uh, anyways, back to, um, the intro of this fun little podcast. Why did we sing that song, Dan? It's just cause it's fun. Okay. But why else? <laughs> yeah. So we, we had, that song's called Reveille apparently. And, uh, we ha- have been meeting together the men of VBC on the first Wednesday of every month for the past, I think four months. Mm-hmm. And uh, we call it Reveille because it's a it's a wake up call at six a.m. At six a.m. So it's so it's literal and figuratively a wake up call because the idea was, hey man, we're you know I think we've all kind of uh, are coming out of our our COVID you know hibernation and just it's time to reengage with each other with the church family, maybe some of us uh, with with our Father in heaven, we need to get back on track with Him. And uh, it's just an opportunity for us to get together and sharpen each other, encourage each other. So uh, we had it today. Uh, two of the three of us were here. Um, so say, don't say who I'll let you guess. <laughs> uh, but the person who wasn't there, uh, his his initials are Sean Helch. Uh, <laughs> Sean Helch was would love to have truly would have preferred to have been there than to have been doing what I was doing at five forty five. You morning. had your own. We'll, we'll all just use our imagination on that. Uh, Perhaps changing a diaper? <laughs> I was not. I, um, I've shared this before, I think, with you guys, but right now, just because those of you who know I have two jobs, I'm a video business, it's just really crazy. So right now, every single day, I get up at about 5.30 and I start editing, and then I edit until 9.30 and then I come to work. Sheesh. So, and I just, I can't afford to not with some of the deadlines I have. So I was very much awake at 5.45. Oh, no, I feel bad. I was very much spirit. working no, away. I, I would have much preferred to hung out with my dear friends and had free coffee, but mm. here we are. 
Okay, well, so Nate, what you were there, so why yeah. don't you tell? You don't have a sob story about you. No, it was your great. Job. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, and um, you know, it, it the the theme was um, am I my brother's keeper? Mm. So Tim gave a little talk about that from uh, the story from Genesis about um, the two brothers Abel and Cain, and when after Cain murders his brother, he's kind of dig to God, who's looking asking him or his brother, like I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? Right, and the answer is yeah. You are. you are, and so we all are, and so uh, we had heard from a couple uh, brothers who were sharing how people had, other men had been instrumental in their lives to to care for them and bring them in, and uh, we were encouraged to to do that, and especially coming out of COVID, and uh, it's it's so easy to disconnect, isn't it? I mean, man, and, and isolate, I, yeah. yeah, isolate. I thought of I thought of the, a garden because. Relationships can be hard work. They can they can feel difficult. You got to get if, your hands dirty. Gotta get, yeah, you got to start with. It's kind of awkward if you're meeting someone for the first time. How how deep do you want to go initially? Is this going to someone I'm going to click with? It's thorny. <laughs> it's thorny. Do you like all these? Do you like all these uh, these gardening analogies? Just, yeah, it's great. <laughs> just if you pull up machete, I know where we're gardening somewhere. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> if the garden's getting out of control, you got to get the yeah. machete in there. But but yeah. But so but just like if you want if you want the benefits that you have to be proactive, you can't just, you can't just like throw some seeds somewhere and see what will happen. You know, um, that we actually, we know what happens. They land on the, the road and birds come and take them away. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So just, uh, yeah, it was great. It was, it was wonderful. I got to have some great conversations afterward. I don't know about you, Dan, did you? Yeah. Some really good, really good conversations. And, uh, I actually have a little spinoff group that meets after Reveille. Mm. And so we, we go out to breakfast and, uh, where'd you go? We, well, we 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 uh, we kind of got struck. We struck out a little bit because we went to the press yeah. in Pleasanton, nine which o'clock. I guess doesn't open till nine, nine o'clock. o'clock. That's yeah. wild to me. On Saturday earlier, but okay. Yeah. So then we we went to Throwback Jim's Country breakfast uh-huh. in uh, off Sonoma Boulevard, which I hadn't been to in probably about five years. Uh-huh. Fantastic. I, I gotta say, I went to Black Bear Diner, which I think people went to last time, mm-hmm. and uh, I was all alone. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> at a lonely breakfast. I was looking for Lauren. There was this group of some guys that were not part of our group. She just walked over and just said, It sounded like business. I couldn't tell if they were all policemen who were in plain clothes or if they were doing some heavy business meetings. You should have walked over. It would have been great. Hey, can I join you? I'm kind of lonely. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, for those men listening who maybe weren't at Reveille, and just pretend for one second that the three of us are not paid pastors that like should be at these kinds of things. If you weren't and you had a busy work day after that to go to, would it be worth going to? Yes or no? Uh, a thousand percent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they keep it, they're really great about keeping it to one hour. So, so if you, you have can to go get to work, on the road, yeah. on your road, on the road. Yeah. And actually I heard from two different men today. Oh man, I wish we had more time. So let that, let that be a tease for next month. Always y'all. leave them wanting more. Wow. So it's the first Wednesday of every month at the Crossing Campus. Be there. Yeah. I think I've been at there every one except for one maybe. And I never felt, oh man, I wish I'd have slept in more. That's good. Yeah. You never regret it. Wow. Uh, and ladies, we didn't forget about you. Okay, we, we hear you out there. This Saturday, got a harvest brunch coming up, and it's going to be a wonderful time for fellowship and encouraging and lifting up and wonderful little treats and things. It's going to be great. So go to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be great. And maybe just a general call to everybody. Let's be connecting people. You know, reach out, yeah. share, look look for people who you haven't seen in a while. Yep. Yeah. It's a busy week, too. I mean, we should probably all also mention Extol. Nah, we're fine. Just skip that one. Okay, <laughs> come worship and pray with us. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, uh, it's on a Thursday. It's tonight. If you're listening on a Friday, it was last night. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, come come at the Crossing Campus, seven p.m. All ages are welcome. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a 
Amazing time. It's going to be rocking and it's going to be live streamed. And so if you are listening on Friday, go back and watch it on YouTube after the fact. You can still worship the Lord through that uh, time together. Boom. All right. Now let's talk about chameleons, y'all. <laughs> so if you've been, if you've been come with come us come on come Sunday come mornings, come 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 Lord help us. <laughs> if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, we're in our love and liberty series, which is we're looking at first Corinthians eight through 10 and really looking a lot about the, the mechanics and kind of the process of what it looks like to, as a Christian and as a brother and sister in Christ, lay down your freedoms for your brothers and sisters. But more so than that, even like, what's the process, what's the trade-off in that? You know, what do you get in that individually? What does the Lord do in your own heart as you sacrifice for someone else for, for their benefit? And then of course, for the benefit of the kingdom. And, you know, we're in, I think first Corinthians nine ten is that the verse right now? Yeah. 19 through 23. Close, close, really close. There is a one and a nine, nineteen, nine, nineteen. That's what it is. Nine, nineteen. Is where Paul is saying, "Hey, I'm free, and yet still, I'm going to make myself a servant to all," which is kind of where this chameleon idea comes in. So, Nate, you spoke about these this chunk of scripture two weeks yeah, ago, yeah. and then Charlie Mayne did it this last Sunday at the crossing. So, as you spoke, I guess I'm prepared, and then Dan, as you listened, uh, what are some of the first things that uh, struck out to you or kind of caught your your heart and your attention? I'll let Dan go first because I, I oh don't man wanna, I don't want to monopolize the time. No, I was going to practice uh, James one being being quick <laughs> you know quick to listen slow to speak. Sick. Well, I, I wouldn't want to rob you of that. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Well, so so the you know the idea that Charlie was was covering is what what Paul writes is he he says to the Jews I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law that I might win those under the law. To those outside of the law, I became as one outside of the law, um, that I might win those outside of the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. And and you kind of get the idea that Paul is basically always relationally considering his options. And his his purpose is what is going to be the most loving in, in whatever context I'm in, and what is going to be most advantageous for the furthering of the gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Charlie talked about this, this idea of, of trading up. So our freedom is, is something we have that's good and it could be in whatever arena we're talking about, but I'm going to actually lay that thing down in order to have something better, which is the more loving option, you know, the the option that preserves the relationship, the best, the option, the option that gives me the most inroads for, you know, for the gospel. And the thing that struck me that I'm kind of struggling with, I love the picture. I love the analogy. And, and, you know, Charlie even talked about a scavenger hunt where you, you start with something small and then you, you're every, every group is trying to get something bigger and better. Right. It reminded me of, I don't know if you, if there's any office fans listening, but the, the office, it was, is a show, uh, NBC. And one, one day they decided in the warehouse to have a garage sale. And so everybody brought their crap and, and it was like this, you know, I think they were trying to raise money for some ridiculous, uh, you know, um, charity or made up charity or whatever. Um, but anyway, Dwight Schrute decided that he was going to make that his goal. Right. So he started off with like this little thumbtack and he like traded up the whole day. And, and by the end he got this really awesome, like telescope, but then he tra- ended up trading that telescope for these like pretend magical beans that <laughs> that Jim tricked him into doing. So anyway, so whenever I think about trading, you know, this is the this is the problem I kind of had is like there's always this human element to trading, 
right? It's, it's almost like when I'm trading with somebody, I'm trying to, in, in a sense, you know, get something better in return. So maybe the thing that I have isn't as good, right? Mm. Or, or maybe uh, there, there's this element of like, I'm trying to come out on top of this deal. So I'm going to be, maybe be a little dishonest or I'm going to um, just be very self-serving, you know, in this interaction, in this transaction. And so that's the thing that I kind of struggle with is like, because even the idea of being a chameleon and kind of like bending and twisting and changing depending on the context, there's something kind of like a little sneaky about it, you know, something mm. a little bit, uh, it could be perceived as disingenuous, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that can't be what Paul's meaning, right? But I'm just, I'm kind of struggling with that idea. Um, so if, if I'm not alone, what do you guys, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I think in, I mean, I think you're not alone. I think a lot of people probably feel the same way as you do about the idea of trading. And I think we think we're going to dig into that specific issue a lot on this episode about the nature of a trade and some of the requirements to have a good trade, you know? But as I think about Paul's description there of like, man, to the Jews became a Jew, to the law of the law, I, I really appreciated the way that Charlie warded the, the heading there. Maybe you didn't. I don't know which one of you did it. But observing household rules, he overcomes barriers of and enlists all those things. And I think that speaks to the heart of what's going on here because I, I'm kind of with you. If someone said, oh, he's a chameleon, normally I wouldn't think of that as a positive thing. It feels a little bit slimy, you know, a little bit like, oh, sneaky, sneaky. When in reality, I think the bigger, the, the, the more accurate picture is it's not I'm going to change who I am based on the circumstances. It's, it's I'm going to do whatever I can do to eliminate barriers in these different circumstances to sharing the gospel. Yeah. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm going to say things I don't believe to make, make that way. But if there's something I know, man, like Nathan really doesn't like whatever the thing is, jeans. He has a hang up with jeans for some reason. When I go and talk to Nathan, I'm not going to wear jeans, you know, I'm not going to tell Nathan, Hey, I am renouncing jeans for the rest of my life because I love you. Oh, I thought you meant like genetics. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe it's genetics too, yeah. whatever it is. Like, I'm not going to change who I am, but if there's an easy thing I can lay down to make that a, a more easy path to the gospel, Nathan, then I'm going to gladly do that. But then if I talk to you and you, you love jeans and you'd be offended you're, if I didn't you're gonna wear, wear jeans, you're going to wear Canadian tuxedo. I'm going to rock that denim head to toe. You know yes, what I'm saying? Sir. So in that process, like I, I wouldn't consider myself in that specific scenario being disingenuous with either one of you. More so, I just want to do whatever I can do that is still true to the gospel, true to my convictions, uh, to be able to, like like that wording says, just to overcome barriers to to get on the same level to discuss the gospel with you. Yeah, and um, maybe it might be helpful just to look at the word uh, or the phrase, made myself a servant. It's actually one word in Greek. It's enslave. I enslave myself. The word is doulos. Uh, is the word for slave or servant. Um, actually, it should just be translated slave pretty much throughout the whole, mm. um, because there wasn't, there's not like a different way to be, a, 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 you could have a better master or worse master. Uh, slaves could own other slaves. But the point, I used to think what this meant was, I, I'll just, I'll just do, I'll just do whatever, right? Whatever it takes. Whatever yeah. it takes. But I think, I think the point I got from this, and which is one reason we put observing household rules, is that, a, a doulos would would uh, was necessarily under whatever, however the house rules were. That's yeah. what the doulos did, right? He, he there was a certain way of doing things. Just like in our homes, there's yeah. kind of like a unique flavor of the sure. Gillette family, right? Um, 
And so um, I th- that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I, I am operating within your zone of comfort yeah. Um and and I'm and I'm putting myself willingly under yeah. that. I'm not part of your household. He says, I'm free from all. I have mm-hmm. yeah, I have no obligations to anybody. I the only obligation I have is to Christ. Yeah. But I don't I take that good thing, freedom from all those obligations that I have in Christ. Yeah. And I lay that down, entering into your situation yeah. for the purpose of gaining <clears throat> you. And Again, uh, I think we we think of the sneaky trading thing because what we have in mind is I give up a thing to get a better thing for me. Yeah, it's (laughs) self-serving. Yeah, it's self-serving. But 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 um, Paul says I give up a a good thing of mine to give a good thing to you. Yeah, that's you know. So there's. Well, let's talk about some uh, some of the specifics of that. Unless you want to jump in, I just just tag on to that really quick. I I think it's really helpful uh, that word doula. Actually, if you've ever heard of like a birth doula. It's the same word that comes from the same Greek word, like a doula, someone who is there with you. And if you picture that process, one who serves, I think it's it's it speaks better to our heart than just the idea of being a slave. Because it's like, man, that person will do anything they can to serve you for your benefit, for the for the good outcome of what you're dealing with. So, anyways, yeah, think of birth doula as you think of this kind of that's, doula. That's as well. a cool picture. I I uh, yeah, I'd never connected those two words. We've yep. actually had some doulas and uh, bringing something new into the world. Right, mm-hmm. I'm I'm taking on a serving role to bring something good and new into the world. That's what that's, Paul, that's, Paul was. Paul, Paul was a doula of the new birth for people. That's beautiful. Actually, it's also where Paula Abdul's name comes from. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. Wow. Okay, examples. What are you saying, Dan? No, I'm just gonna think. Like, it might be helpful for me at least, just to kick around some specific examples. So, I think some things are more cut and dry, like the, like the silly example you gave of denim, right? Uh, I, I don't care. It doesn't affect me at all to wear denim or not wear denim, right? Or maybe something, um, maybe a little more controversial, like alcohol consumption. Hey, it, I can live without alcohol, you know, if it's going to love you better or give me better opportunity, you know, for the gospel. Um, or hey, I'll I'll go to a bar, you know, and 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 go and sit with somebody, right? And I think that's one of the things that I kind of struggle with is like is becoming a servant of, of, of whoever I'm trying to reach doesn't, does that mean that I always participate in what they're doing? Right. Or is there a way for me to, to meet them where they're at, but not get into what they're doing? So like, let, let's say, I mean, let's just say, let's just say what's, what's, whatever, what's on everyone's minds, masks and vaccines. Right. Okay. Like, is Paul saying to the vaccinated, I became vaccinated, right? To the mask wearing, I became mask wearing. To the unmask wearing, I became unmask wearing, right? Is he saying, I'll do whatever, you know, like, and where are the, where do we draw those lines? Like, if, so if I'm going to someone's house and they're saying, hey, we'd love to have you over for dinner, but we need you to be vaccinated. We're, we're posed with a very real, com, com, a, a thing we have to really wrestle with, right? And so I guess like, is I guess it's a two-parter question for me. Like, what is the criteria that we're using to determine that this thing is better? Mm. That this thing is is because I have something good, which is my freedom. But but what criteria am I using? I know we talked about love and gospel opportunities and stuff like that. But like into the nitty gritty, you know? Yeah. Like, is there a way for me to 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 think of, to break it down more practically and more specifically? And then second of all. 
you know, um, can like, I'm just thinking about the mask issue, right? So I know it's super controversial and divisive. I know that, but you know, if we, if we apply this same kind of language to that issue, does that mean that if I, if I'm, if I'm walking up to a group of people that aren't wearing a mask, that I should take my mask off or is there another way or vice versa, right? Or is there another way that I can engage with that group in a loving way, in a gospel, you know, a, effective way while still maintaining my freedom to wear my mask or not wear my mask? Yeah. I, I think you're scratching the itch of the fact that this is just a relational process. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we're always, we always want to turn it into like just the mechanics of it. But the reality is it's, it's a relational thing. And so it is more complicated than just, yes, vax means vax, mask means mask, jeans means jeans. You know, it's, it's more complicated than that. But I think that um, as you do that, I, option B, of course, I think that there's, there's a lot of flexibility. It just depends on who you're talking to. Uh, the vax thing, I'm going to be honest, if my, my assumption right now would be that, Paul, if that was a situation, if there was, if that was a common thing for households, hey, we're only going to have you over if you're vaccinated, I think Paul would get vaccinated. No yeah. question. Interesting. And, yeah. and, and you said, what's, what's the decider there? Because mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to do whatever I can do to spread the gospel as widely as possible, mm-hmm. to free me up to do that with as many people as I can. And if it was equally split of families who were unvaccinated, who refused to have you over if you were vaccinated, then that might be more complicated for him. But that's not really what we're seeing right now. So anyways, but then when you're thinking about the masks, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's tricky. If I haven't personally encountered this yet, maybe you guys have, of I'm wearing a mask and someone is uncomfortable talking to me because I'm wearing it. You know, that hasn't, I felt uncomfortable because I'm the only one wearing it. That kind of thing has happened. That's an internal thing. But I haven't had someone tell me, hey, you're freaking me out because you're wearing a mask, man. You know, that just hasn't happened to me. Mm. But if that did happen, then for sure, I have to talk to them. Tell me about that. Like, can I love you? Like, I'm not saying that you're in the wrong at all. Go Mm -hmm. ahead and don't wear a mask, but I'm going to continue to wear one. Is that okay with you? Most of the time, I think that that would be okay and they would feel loved and cared for and understand. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you you guys dealt with situations like that with this particular issue? I've never had anybody say anything to me, but... I like to think I'm a pretty emotionally like intelligent person and I can kind of like read people, you uh-huh. know, like where, what, and I've, you know, whether it's, it's something, um, you know, logistical, like I can't hear them because they're muffled or if it's just kind of this, like I'm, I'm hidden, I'm, 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 I'm obscured. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, an- anonymous, there, sometimes I've felt uh, just a, a sense of like, man, we're not really connecting right now, you know, because we can't really see each other. Um, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Like when we're, when you're talking on the phone to someone versus an email versus a text versus like that face to face interaction where you can see all the little micro expressions and you can, you can pick up on tone and all that stuff. So I haven't anyone, I haven't had anyone tell me, Hey, I'm not, I'm not relating to you or, or, or connecting with you because we're wearing masks, but I have felt a lesser connection because mm. of them. So in this particular passage, Paul is he's addressing his his apostolic evangelistic role. Yeah. Right. All these people, all these groups, we're assuming they're not yet they haven't encountered the gospel and they're not and or they're not believers. Uh, okay. He's addressing the Corinthians who are are believers and they're doing things to other believers. And so it's kind of a strange move initially. We're like, well, why, Paul, why are you using your example um, to of, of something you do to explain to something explain to how we deal not, with each yeah, other. Like, yeah, what yeah. does eating meat have to do with sharing the gospel with Jews um, and um, 
those underlying outside, et cetera. Yeah. And so I think the, f- the first thing to recognize is Paul has a, it's a clear thing. Paul, for Paul, it's about winning people. That's his call. That's his job. It's all he cares about. And so in those four groups, you have to ask yourself, well, what, what would it mean to be a Jew to the Jews? He is a Jew. If he was a Gentile, he could not be a Jew. Right, <laughs> right, right. So there's one area that he's just not. But Paul's got he's he's a special, unique person. He's got a special um, cultural background. So yeah. what we all do, you know, I'm not a Green Bay Packers fan, for example. You should be. Well, you come know, on the bandwagon. There's I, plenty if of room. I, if I if I wasn't, I couldn't reach people who you know hated the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to exclude <laughs> all the haters. Well, there's actually not that many. Uh, it's, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, you get my point. Like like so, Paul's using himself as an example, but it's also important to see. Paul, you know, like I, if I get tattoos, I don't have, I don't have tattoos. I don't, I, I'm, I'm fine with people to do, but let's say you got a tattoo to, so you could go into, you know, biker bars or something. Yeah. And you knew that if you had tattoos, it would give you a little bit of credibility, credibility they yeah. would see you. I, I don't know if that's like necessary to do, but let's say you did that. Well, you cannot just, I'm not sure you have those peeling kind where you rub them oh, off. That's a good idea. Which I don't actually, think be legit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's our testing. Wait a second. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, then now you can't do that. So from that point on, if you're relating to a non-tattooed crowd, maybe some people <clears throat> who thought that that's just, you know, pagan or something yeah. um, or, or whatever, then you, are you sleeved down? I mean, you know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah. there's, there's certain things you can't undo, just like you can't unvaccinate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, you just like you can't get, un-get COVID. <laughs> um, so I, I think it, it's it, we are. I think we can m- run a different directions. Maybe the th- question is, okay, what kind of things would Paul have to do? To, to enter into a Jewish <clears throat> minds, uh, you know, kind of household, let's say, yeah. or enter into a, um, a place of people who had a, a weak conscience, the ones he talked about before that they, that they, um, they had come out of the pagan lifestyle yeah, and, yeah. and it was too real for them yeah. to, to, yeah, yeah they, they were getting sucked back yeah, in. I, I might, I might say, oh, you know, Dan's eating the meat. And so I guess that's okay. I don't think it is okay, but he's doing it. So I guess I'll do it. And, yeah. oh, you know, that would be easier because then I won't get flack for not participating in the Roman uh, pagan system, which was yeah. kind of tied into their government. So by, by not doing that, you were actually countercultural. Uh, yeah, you're, you're yeah. kind of making a, a it seemed like a political statement, like you're mm. a, tra- a borderline treason. Wow. So, um, oh, that'd be easier if I could, if I, I could get my connections back. They kick me out of the, out of the, cons- you know, what's the consumer advocacy group in my town, the, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I can get back into that, you know, I can be part of the Rotary better, Club, be, Better Business Bureau, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, okay. So Paul, what kind of, what kinds of things he's doing with those weak, uh, weak brothers, or I guess in this case, people who have maybe are, their conscience is not strongly formed. He's going to be very, very flexible, not because he can't do that, but because he wants to win them, so he'll do that. If he if he needs to kind of make sure his tassels are hanging down and he's got his yarmulke on and you know he's he's acting in a in a way that's um consistent with those kind of cultural norms, then that's what he's gonna do. And yeah. it's it's not to be sneaky, but he realizes someone that no one's gonna listen to him. That's the barrier. He's got to he wants to get rid of any barriers in order a stumbling block, which which he talks about too, this idea of a stumbling block, so that he can engage. So like walking up to a group of guys that have no masks on, if I'm wearing a mask, um, I mean, it's not hard if to say, hey, can I, you mind if I keep my wearing a mask? Or hey, is it okay to take my mask off? Right. You know, and, um, right. and, and engage with the gospel with them. If I want them to be saved and they haven't heard the gospel, um, then I'm going to do what puts them at ease. What if... I'm also an, a doctor or I've got some other group of people that they're going to ask me, hey, have you, 
Did you take your did mask you take your mask off, off any time yeah. today with a group of unvaccinated people? You know, right. so now so now so it kind of comes back to the thing is it's there's an individual aspect. Paul yeah. Paul's not. Um, Paul's giving a, a model, but he's like, again, he is Jewish. He can do something that, that no non-Jew could do, meaning he could become as a Jew. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It is a personal thing. And obviously we can help each other make these decisions and we can seek counsel and, and godly wisdom, but it's something we have to, we have to, each person has to pray through and decide on their own. And don't you think Paul was very much spirit led in this whole situation? that whatever kind of clothing he wore or whatever kind of practices he did or whatever he laid down, whatever he traded up, it was always by the spirits prompting, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing too. Like, because there are certain things that we're being regulated to do by the government in our, in our gatherings that uh, it doesn't matter what your personal conviction is. Because, you know, the elders have decided that we're going to follow the county guidelines. So you may, have a, you may have a conviction that says, I actually think not wearing a mask is most effective and most loving. That's your personal conviction, right? And you maybe in different scenarios as you're moving about in the world, you're, you're free to make those decisions as the spirit leads you because you're like, hey, <clears throat> even though I have this conviction and this freedom, I'm actually going to put it on right now because uh, of the people I'm with. But we don't have that freedom when we meet together, which I think is 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 troubling for some, and and it kind of wears on us. And I just I think I want to acknowledge that, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and and then I guess that's where we got to listen to the spirit and also recognize our own heart. So right. if my, you know, Paul's all about being motivated by love for the other. That's yeah. that's what it boils down to. Jesus gave his. You know, he set aside his. He emptied himself. He set aside his glory. He entered into into weak humanity for our good. And out of love. And so, you know, is my, there's sometimes when I'm putting on my mask or I get a little bit like anxious yeah, or tight, yeah, heart yeah. chested, but then I'm, but I, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is why I'm doing, I, my reason is I want to love the family well. I don't want to cause, I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah. So if I'm don't, don't know what I'm talking to, the lowest common denominator is the best. That's yeah. the best. If I'm, if I'm into, right, let's say I walk into a house and I don't know what house I've walked into, should I, should I take off my shoes or not take off my shoes? Right, right. right? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the most common thing. I'll just I'll wait until someone tells me what to do with my shoes. Yeah. Right. And um and so yeah, I think I think there's that distinction we can be, you know, Paul was not being, you know, fake. He just he just recognized that to get to this goal, I have to do I, I have to be willing um to gain gain more. Otherwise, it's you know, if you don't if you never talk to anybody with the gospel zero people will hear you talk about the gospel, right? If, <laughs> right. I, if I'm nervous and I go up to somebody and I share the gospel, I've just increased the chance that someone might receive the love of God through Christ. Yeah. But if I never do, I won't. So it, it's the same idea. If I, if I go into a place and I don't ever trade do up, anything labor, that's going yeah. to let pe- put down people's guard or, or make people feel comfortable to, to be able to engage with me, then I've decreased my chances. Maybe some, maybe some will hear, you know, and that happens. But but I, I'm, Paul's interested in he wants to b- bump up his was it runs per inning I don't know what's the what's the thing here his batting percentage his batting percentage there you go yeah 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 I, it, and then too I think it's interesting to think about like because we're describing you know our current church model with our our elders leading our church family and then you know we submit to the elders 
And that feels, it feels in ways different to what Paul's experience is like. But at the same time, like, I'm sure that there were individuals in whatever, Church of Corinth, for example, who really had different convictions about whatever it is, the 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 way they use their communal meal or their their sexual misbehavior, all that kind of stuff. There's probably people who are like, actually, we're not like really sinning. And the way that we're on the skirts, skirting things, it's it, it makes us connect better. We have better intimacy, whatever it is. I, I'm sure that people disagreed about it, you know, but Paul was not shy with them to say, no, you need to get in line and do this, you know? And so I think the idea of having to submit to leaders, it's not it's not foreign in the gospel and like Hebrews 13, submit to your leaders because they're watching over your souls and don't make that process a burden for them, but do it with joy. You know, we're, we're called to do these things and then we forget about it when it's inconvenient, you know, but I think there is a part of trust involved of just, man, if, if scripture says, now we're kind of getting a different issue about the elders, but if scripture says to submit to them and trust their leadership, which I think involves a lot of the same giving up some of your convictions and rights and to do it with joy, then I can trust that by doing that, the Lord is going to do something in me and grow in that. And we don't always understand that, you know, but we are called to do it. So it does take a a piece of just faith in the Lord's direction and calling and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I feel for those people though. It's hard. If you feel really strongly that your elders aren't doing what you want them, what should be done, then I I feel for you because it's a, it's not a fun place to be in, but I will say maybe you can just do some prayer and some reflection of, of really what's the, at the heart of those issues. For example, the mass thing, you know, I know a lot of people who are really upset that we still wear masks in church. You know, I hear that all the time. And I always ask them, I don't always ask them. I have asked certain people, you know, I'm with you. Wearing masks stink. No one, I think no one on the planet, at least that I know, would prefer without all of the stuff, the COVID stuff and all the sicknesses removed from all that would prefer wearing masks. That's just weird, you know? But, you know, as I talked to them, like, what's your conviction here? Is it, is it, do you have Paul's mentality of, man, the deciding thing for me right now is whatever we can do to spread the gospel to as many people as possible? Or is it just, hey, it's more comfortable to not wear masks. Hey, I connect with my brother more without masks. Because those are valid things. Mm-hmm. Connection's a real thing. But I think connection and the the straight, unadulterated spread of the gospel are not exactly the same things. But it, it, it gets murky in our minds as we as we debate in our own brains and hearts. Oh, what's best? What's best? You know, and it's not even just it's complicated because inside the church family, you know, a lot of people are already saved. So in that context, what's the best thing? If we're doing outreach, what's the best thing? It's not always the same answer. So I, I understand it's complicated. I'm just I'm backing you up, Dan. I get yeah. you. Yeah, and I think maybe one more layer of that would uh, just be it's kind of off topic, but. Um, supporting each other since, since there is a degree of, of uh, what would I do in, in my life to advance the gospel in this particular setting, that's going to be a personal decision. There's no, there's no playbook in the Bible that tells you to do, you know, on November 3rd of right. 2021, do this thing. Right? And it'd be really, it'd be impossible for the elders to dictate yeah. that to every single it's person. Crazy. It's just, right. that's just, yeah. the, 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 I think the Bible is really a lot more about, uh, First principles, like Paul, like Paul boils it down right to in in Romans, like, against love there is no law. So yeah. if you just boil everything down, if you're if everyone was permanently motivated by love for the other, there'd be no law. There'd be no need for laws. Yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna speed on the freeway. I'm not gonna cut you off. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. cut in line at the grocery store. Right, all that kind of stuff uh, would just not happen. And so, so all that saying is is that when we see people making decisions, tattoos, not tattoos, right. 
um, we don't we don't um, use that as a, a reason for us not to be loving toward one another, right? So if you have masking convictions, I have unmasking convictions or vaccine or whatever, views on the government, what they should and should be doing, you know, um, personal liberty, American, uh, you know, freedoms, whatever, whatever it is um, that have been dividing the church these last couple of years, um, uh, that um, there is, we adhere to, that's why we have the word and we have this one spirit. And the 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 one Father and the one Lord, that that's what has united us. The gospel has to be central, and I think that's prob- probably the um, the main takeaway for me was this: is um, yeah, you know, it's important to be a good citizen, right? And I should be like, I live in Livermore. I should be somewhat aware of politics that might affect school children and things like that. But there's a limit to my total involvement with anything particular, and I can't be give energy to every single thing that comes my way. But I know that the greatest good for anybody, the most loving thing, what is the most loving thing I can do for anybody? The most loving thing I can do is to uh, help them come to trust that the Father has sent his Son to bring them from the kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. into the kingdom of the beloved son. And then as a result of that, this whole treasure trove of riches yeah. um, has been opened up to them, not both now and in eternity. That is the greatest love that anyone can ever share with anybody else. Yeah. And if I don't really believe that, then I'm going to get caught up in, um, you know, this or that candidate or this yeah. or that political cause or that masks or not. Well, let's, let's talk about that for, for a second, because I know at the teaching team meeting meeting set and I think maybe a little bit of your brainchild was this this chart that was provided for us in our notes last week at the Altamont and this week at the crossing. And it just has all of these gospel implications, these these beautiful realities that we get access to through our faith in Jesus, um, through the gospel. And it's really interesting to me because I, I think <clears throat> the phrase that Paul uses again and again in this passage is um, you know, that I may win you know, someone, which I, I think, again, anytime we, we import our own like cultural ideas or our own kind of attitudes onto the text, we can get into some weird places. I win, you lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or it's just, it's almost like I, we talked about like this, this pyramid scheme where it's yeah. like, Hey, can I talk to you about an opportunity that people are excited about? Come to, to my yeah. Tupperware party, you know, or yeah. whatever. And, and I think that is what we get in our head is like, or maybe we get, we get this weird kind of, kind of concept of, of Paul being like, I don't know, driven to just like more numbers and people. And I want as many people to be in my club as possible. You know, that is such a, a a diametrically opposed, you know, attitude than what you just described of just, Hey, I want people to come in and experience the riches of, of what peace with God can do in your life, you know, through, through Jesus Christ. So, I don't know if we want to like, you know, read some of those uh, and, and maybe just discuss, discuss them. I, I have them in front of me. I can kind of just do a smattering of them. Should I, should I just find yeah, more? Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, um, forgiveness of sins forever, which is awesome. We don't have to keep going back and, and getting atoned for our sins, you know, um, past, present and future. We are, uh, forgiven. Jesus is unembarrassed of us. Hmm. You know, he's not ashamed to, to call us brothers and, and, and sisters and his family. Permanent access to the Father, that uh, we have Jesus as our as our intercessor, that He um, He is constantly, um, you know, 
representing us to the Father, that we are His. And and it's not like, this is, I just was yeah, listening to someone show this. It's not like Jesus is in the middle, like mm. holding His hands out to the Father and to us and saying, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. And the Father's like, got a mean old look on His face. And yeah. He's just like, now calm down, calm down, you know. These people no, no, the, me, yeah. the, this, this Father is the one who sent the Son in order to connect to you do to, that. to Him. Well, that's another one. <laughs> they were permanently accepted by the Father, yeah. right? That, 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 God, the father is, is, is he's given us the spirit of adoption as sons that we cry, Abba father, you know, through this spirit that lives within us. Um, and again, the Holy spirit is a guarantee of all this work. He, he's the seal that guarantees that we, um, we belong to God. Um, how about the promise of Christ like character that we can become like Jesus more and more, um, as we, as we live life. And and it just goes on and on and on and and I know that this chart was only just the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, you know. I, I picked I picked these because um, one I thought they're so great, and I also thought they address a lot of the things that people are thinking about right now. Like for example, you know, we had we've we're going through a time of just racial tension and social issues um, surrounding that. Um, you know, uh, relationships to our police departments and so, wherever you land on that, yeah. you know what everyone would love? <laughs> everyone would love if there was peace and where everyone existed in a, in a, in a place of harmonious yeah. um, community. And that is the promise of the gospel in Christ. These, these, uh, you know, these, this division wall the has, dividing come, has, wall has of come down. The dividing yeah. wall of hostility is coming down. He himself is our peace. Mm-hmm. And so like that, that's not just a pipe dream. That is a reality that is has begun already and is going to continue out. And so no matter where you land, I, I listened to um, a, a Christian brother who is a very different viewpoint on, on these issues than myself. But I was so encouraged to hear him because he, he basically said, hey, stick be, wherever you are, your local church, your local community, be there and work there. Mm. And... Um, and I was just like, yeah, that's right. That's right. We, we, have, we have the common grace of Christ. We're trusting him. We're growing in the spirit. We want to lay down the, the wrong attitudes we have, the things we assert, because we know that, that, that the kingdom of peace is residing in us and that we become little patches of heaven hmm. wherever we go. And that's the way the kingdom changes, not through legislation, not through marches, not through signs. Um, it's through social media. Through, it does it happen through social media? Social media? Does, no, Are you it sure? <laughs> it may be the other way. Maybe <laughs> the other way. The kingdom yeah. of darkness. The kingdom comes. of darkness comes <laughs> in social media. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just so like that was great. Um, you know, like the, the promise of Christ-like character. Man, have you seen yourself? I think being at home, especially some of us, have become face to face with our own lack. How how morally our character is just not as great as we thought it was. It's okay mm-hmm. when we're out there in the workforce or you know being seen, but now when we're home, our there's families, nowhere to hide. there's nowhere to hide, and it's a constant, you know that that we we saw that. Oh man, I'm not as loving or kind or gracious. But we have a promise from God that He's going to transform our character into Christ-like character through all all of our circumstances, even the tough stuff like like we've experienced recently. Um, you know, temptation. Uh, it's so great to have the, the Truth and Light group starting up and um, just that we have power to overcome sin. It doesn't have to be, we're not, we're not victims of sin anymore. We have, we have the ability to overcome. So you just kind of on and on. These, these are the, these are the, the jewels, the, the treasure trove, and there's something for everyone, <laughs> no matter where you are. <laughs> That's right? cool. And so um, 
So this is the goal. I, I, I sometimes worry or wonder when we, when we use the word gospel, the phrase the gospel, sometimes we'll say the good news, which is what the gospel means. The good news of what? Jesus Christ. And then we jump to the cross, yeah. right? Which we should, because it's central. But the, what, what Jesus Christ is, Jesus Christos, uh, Jesus the Messiah, Messiah is the anointed king of God. What, what of, oh, the kingdom of David. Why is that important? Because uh, God says, I, through David's line, I'm going to bring about a return to that Edenic God with us kind of yeah. uh, place. And Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. And then, so you just look at Genesis one. Well, then, and then keep and then, going. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then keep going, right? Yeah. That, that this kingdom has been uh, established, but, but, it, but it hasn't been consummated yet, right? That yeah. we're living yep. in this tension of yeah. already, but not yet. Revelation 22. Yeah. And one, <laughs> and one day that he will come back and, yeah. and he will put an end to COVID-19 <laughs> and he will put an end to, to even death itself, you yeah. know? And, and so it, it, I, I love that because it, it, it's so important for us to make sure it's like turning on a movie, uh, you know, halfway through and, and you're like, wait, what's going on? I don't know the plot line. I don't know the characters. I don't know the backstory. Right. Y- you could probably kind of figure it out, but you're going to miss the, the beautiful, you know, um, story, the beautiful narrative. So yeah, really, really good. I, I, I wish we could like have, uh, I don't know, you know, like churches have like those cheesy marquees at the front where they do like puns and, and like weird, you know, silly little things like that. We should get a marquee in front of the church with this, this chart and it, and it could like change and rotate out as we, as we like, as new yeah, treasures new come, treasures. come to mind. And, and as people are driving by on 680, they can just see, oh, wow. Like uh, I, I can be loved by a father, a perfect loving father. I can have a new understanding of suffering or, you know, I can have, uh, you know, a new and ever growing family, you know, wouldn't yeah. that be cool if yeah. we could just, I don't know, put that up there somewhere. I want to have a big sign after that trade up dummy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but that, that's, that's really when we're talking about the gospel, sharing right. the gospel, like, cause this is how cl- he closes this passage. He says in verse 22 B, um, I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them and its blessings, the gospel's mm. blessings. Those are the those are some of the gospel's blessings. So when we share the gospel, we're not just here, say this prayer and, you know, yeah. repent and follow Jesus. It's no, when you've been tr- transferred into this new kingdom, this is how much you are loved. Yeah. This is how, wh- that that love casts out fear. You've been fearful, no, no longer fear of death, COVID death, not even that. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the scariest thing. The scariest thing was being separated from God for all eternity, and because mm-hmm. of Christ, that that fear never has to cross your mind. When you face Him at at death, it will not be in judgment. It will be as a, a, a child of a of a loving Father who is who is so glad to receive you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're just the heart of this is so just encouraging and also convicting of just, you know, how much energy have all of us spent in this last two years, just thinking and talking about things that are not that, that are not the glory of God, that are not the, the beauty of Jesus's sacrifice for us, you know, and I think it's really part of that is really just Satan's work. You know, he's the great deceiver and he works so hard to just keep us busy, mm-hmm. just keep us distracted and keep us just mulling over the non-essentials, mm-hmm. you know? 
and like the even important things, even, even things that matter, you know, like you mentioned, like politics do matter in our, in our spheres, masks do matter. But if that's, what's consuming our attention, that's, what's consuming our mind, man, we're totally missing the point or missing out on some of these riches that we just talked about, you know, both personally of just delighting in those things, but then, yeah, absolutely. The opportunity to share those things with others. It reminds me of what Jesus tells Satan I'm sorry, what Jesus tells to to Peter, you know, in, in Matthew, just get behind me. You know, you're a stumbling block to me. You don't have you don't have concerns of the things of God. You are only concerned with the worldly things right now. Mm. And it's just, man, I'm guilty of that. I think all of us are guilty of that to some degree of our our concerns are with the worldly things. They just are. And they're not with these 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 eternal things, these riches of the glory of God. And so, anyways, all I have to say. Maybe if you're listening to this, do some prayer and some thinking this this today, right now, as you listen to this. And my question to you is, what has been grieving you lately? You know, what's been frustrating you in life, whatever it is, and list them out, you know, and don't shy away from those things. You know, what has just been a burden to you? And then think about those things. And what are those things? You know, are we talking about circumstances? Are we talking about... Uh, persecutions towards you? Are we talking about comfort kind of things? We're talking about discontent because you want more money or whatever it is. Or are we talking about uh, the grieving of lost people? You know, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about missed opportunities for the gospel and that kind of thing. And of course, all of us, because we're human, we're not Jesus, will have things that we have been bothered by that are not the gospel. I'm not saying that you're bad for that. But do that that prayer process and bring those things before the Lord and, and ask for his help in your life to, to shift the scale to be more of Paul's way of thinking or Jesus's way of thinking than what Satan would love for us to do, which is just keep mulling over things that aren't Jesus, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe add, added on that with the idea of griefs is when you list them out, are, are, are any of these addressed by the gospel? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at those, those the list of, of, blessings or riches, um, what, what is, how does the gospel address these things? Um, I, 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 I was sensitive. I was listening to Charlie's message, um, on the, the, on the YouTubes. And, um, I was just, again, sensitive to the fact that there's, we can come to hear the God's word. We can come to church every Sunday and just be dead on the inside. Knowing, Mm -hmm. knowing there's truth, we come, but then when we, we hear Paul and, you know, the call to lay down something to benefit someone else, it sounds like one more thing to add to our, our grieving, you know, one more, one more, one more burden on our, to, another to-do list. And it's funny when you actually, Paul's, Paul's giving very little to-dos. Mm. Paul's constantly drawing us back to the internal life at rest in the love of the father through the gospel. That's what we're sharing. And so... I, I, anyone is listening, if you're feeling this way, maybe you're feeling tired or worn out on the inside. Um, you, you may be, you know, self-condemning because you know, it's true, but you feel like you're a bad Christian or something because you just can't do it or it's frustrating. Um, you know, I just encourage you, um, you need, you need, before you do anything else, before, I don't want you laying down anything. <laughs> I want you first to be picking up the blessings of the yeah. gospel. If you, mm. if you haven't, in, if you're not resting in the love, the deep, deep affection of the Father who would send His Son, John three sixteen. It's so good, right? Because the Father so loved the world that He yeah. gave His only 
his unique one-of-a-kind son. We read earlier that he was face-to-face with the Father. Jesus says later out later on in John that no one has really known the Father except the Son, mm. and no one really knows the Son except the Father and those whom the Son reveals him. So this idea that that um, it's all deep down about loving and giving, loving, loving and giving. giving, and he wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it is, it is kind of, I hear, I hear what you're saying and it just resonates so with my, with my spirit, but, but they do need to read the Bible. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, or, yeah. or if you're, if you're just so, <laughs> but, so, no, no, no. But if you're just so like stuck and sick and just overwhelmed, like, like you said, you're drowning here, read this, you know, like yeah, yeah. here's a brick that, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to sink yeah, to the bottom, you yeah. know? have someone read it to you, yeah. you know, or, yeah. or, or like, I love the Bible app. I turn that thing on and it, and it re when I'm too weak to like read it or I'm too busy or hurried or whatever, I throw that thing on. And the, the word of God, we were talking about it on Monday at staff. It is living and active. It it will do stuff to you on the inside when you, when you interact with it. Now, obviously we can be um, in our head or we can be, you know, kind of religious about it. And we miss out on those benefits sometimes because we're not engaging with it on a relational heart level. We're not seeing it as a, a love letter mm-hmm. from from the Father to us. Um, and I feel like that's where maybe some of the the stickiness can come from, and that's where I feel like we can help each other. Is like, hey, yeah. I'm feeling blah mm-hmm. about the Word of God right now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, Hey, let's pray through that. Let's worship through that. Let's, let's, let me read it to you and tell you what I see in it, you know? And I think another thing just that might be a different perspective, because on this chart that we've been referencing the last few minutes, there's scripture references that we, we didn't just pull these things out of thin air. Right. So, but we may be having an issue like internalizing them or, or, or experiencing them on a heart level. And, Maybe a thing to to experiment with is just to think about them in terms of on a human level, right? Like, has it have have any of you ever been forgiven? Right? Have any of you ever felt what it's like to you did something wrong against somebody and they said, you know what, I forgive you? Just think to yourself, how did that make you feel? Right? Has anyone ever made you feel like you belonged? Maybe you were on a sports team or. Maybe you had a, a sibling that just really welcomed you in and showed you the way, or you know, you know, maybe it was a best friend or, or, or a romantic relationship that just made you feel like you were part of something, right? Think about that from a human level. Like, what did that feel like? And then, whatever the experience is relationally on a human level, it's amplified to the nth degree when it comes to this loving father and what he's done to to have peace with us. You know. So I don't know if that if that resonates with anybody. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. I mean, we we are relational. <laughs> we we have to think about things in that context. But yeah, I just love what you just ended with. Of just take the the most positive relational experience you've ever had in your entire life with another human, and whatever that is, say it's your spouse, say it's a parent, say it's a teacher you had growing up, whatever it is, or the comfort your dog gives you. Doesn't matter. All <laughs> of them are the palest of of emulations of the perfecter of all those things, which is our father in heaven Man. and his son, Jesus and the Holy spirit, you know, they're, they're, they're all, he stem, they all stem from him. He did them first. He is them. He is love. 
And so I think that's a helpful lens of like, man, look, all these amazing things in my life that have happened, they're all just, just whispers of the, the fullness of God that's available to me. And I think what we're, what we're kind of getting at is back to the beginning, the nature of the trade, you know, you're right, Dan, that most of us, we, as humans, if we're going to trade something, we want something in return, you know? And it has to be something of value to us. So I'm going to give you five bucks. I want five bucks or more worth of something back. That's the nature of a trade. And I think that sometimes we're uncomfortable with the idea of getting nothing back in a trade, you know, giving or sacrificing, if you will, which that's a whole thing on its own. But I'll even go so far to say that I think most of the time when there's sacrifice, there's still a trade happening. You know, something is happening as a result of what you've given up. Maybe it's not to you. You know, but the question for me is, man, what is it? Is it worth it to me to give whatever it is, my time, money, an object for the benefit of Nathan, you know, because I love him as my brother. Is that a worthy trade to me? Uh, well, of course it is. Yeah, it is. You know, and then if you think about it in that context, man, if if the reward we're talking about is the riches of God and and salvation for eternity with him, then it doesn't matter what the heck I'm giving up. It is a worthy trade, always, 100% of the time. And I think what I'm getting at right now is if you don't have what you just described of just that relational picture of the gospel and you don't have what you were talking about, Nate, of all these different riches, if that's not on your heart and your mind, then of course you're never going to be motivated to do any of these things because you don't see the reward in the sacrifice, right? But it's there. The, the, the payoff is always there if we're talking about loving our brothers. That's why, that's why we're commanded so many times, love your brothers. This is how people will know that you love me because you love your brothers. And then I think about even the, 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 the first and most prime and most perfect picture we'll ever have of sacrifice, right? The cross. And that was a trade. Jesus traded himself for us mm. for eternity. You know, he, he took our debt and traded it. And even, he even says that, you know, it's, he doesn't even say, oh, or the Bible says that. It doesn't even say, oh, he just did it just because. It says Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Mm-hmm. That was the trade. The joy set before him of eternity spent with his brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. That was the trade he was willing to make for what he endured on the cross. Are we willing to make lesser trades for that same reward? Oh, and. And just on that note, man, that's awesome. <laughs> Romans Romans five eight. So you have the Son in Hebrews for the joy set before him he endured the cross. According to shame. But in Romans five eight, favorite verse, probably probably my favorite verse. Um, it says that but but the Father continually commends His love for us in this way, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So not only is the is the Son making a trade for something greater. The joy set before him, which is bringing many sons and daughters to glory. He wants to honor his father by getting getting the father a bigger family mm. and to more people to love. <laughs> but the father, he wants to make a trade with us too. He wants to trade our bad picture of him as an unloving, distant, cold father to a a the the most loving, compassionate, kind, generous father. And the way he does, he's done that is that while we were at our while we're still sinners, when we had nothing to offer, at that moment, he says that was the right time, the best moment to send mm-hmm. my son to commend my love to you. Hey, have you considered how much I love you? Here, here you go. I'm going to give you something, my most precious thing, at the moment that you are the least ever deserving, so that you'll know 
that I'm not waiting to yank out the carpet from your life. I've, I want only to, to you to know me and, and experience the life I have with you. Well, and, and, and to, to make it Trinitarian, right? Uh, the, on that Romans bring five us is, home, bring us home. yeah, exactly. <laughs> right before all of that, if we back up even more, it, it says that God has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And so there is this experiential, you know, spirit to spirit kind of testifying that God does for those that are, that are in his family. Just so, Hey, just so you don't forget, (laughs) you actually are my child. You belong to me and my spirit is going to stay in you as a seal, as a guarantee, a proof of my love for you, constantly whispering to you, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Don't forget. Mm -hmm. Amen. Wow. Uh, hey, a lot to chew on. So we're going to leave you with, with that, man. Do you, do you have that picture in your heart, in your life of just the sacrifice that was made for you? And then step two, what's been, what's been burdening you? What's been grieving you? What does the Lord say about it in his word? And what can you do about it? Uh, with God's commands about spreading his, his gospel and loving those around you in the context of those specific burdens you've been having. Step three or step one, I guess, uh, if this is you that is feeling like you're drowning and we're throwing bricks at you and you need to have your heart rekindled, man, we hope to see you tonight or I guess tomorrow, maybe one of you listened to it yesterday at Extol. What a great opportunity to, to be encouraged by one another, like Dan said, to, to be with others as we pray together we pray through uh, seasons uh, or, or issues of grief and then worship together and just declare our gratitude to God together. So just awesome opportunity, no matter where you're at uh, on this spectrograph, we hope to see you at Extols and worship together. Yep. Any last nuggets, you two? Nope, that was all. I thought that was a great, great ending. All right, y'all. See you tonight and catch you next week. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.